Our reading today is going to be from two places. An Old Testament reading, which is in your bulletin, and a New Testament portion, which I've chosen for the reading. And you may remain seated for the Old Testament reading, and then I'll ask you to stand as we read from the New Testament. We'll begin with Exodus as I continue through this series, Journey of a Lifetime, the study of the book of Exodus. And we'll read from uh, chapter 16 and verses 1 through 12. Give attention to the inerrant and the infallible word of the living God. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died! by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we? that you grumble against us. And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against Him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Would you stand for the reading in the New Testament? From the book of Colossians, Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, his instructions to the church in chapter 3, and I'll begin with, verses, with verse 12 and continue through verse 17. 
put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving one another, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I remember it well. I can't take anymore. I'm sick of it and I'm sick of them. To think about it makes me hate it. I never want to go back there again. I'm sick of their moaning and groaning and I'm just tired of it. It went on. Awkwardly, I listened to my fellow pastor, and finally I said, would you like a cup of coffee? With sugar or without sugar? I think he needed sugar. Even pastors, no, especially pastors, can become bitten by the bug of murmuring. Now, murmuring is what had happened in Israel in chapter 16 of Exodus. Now, The murmuring and the grumbling came about because the text says that they were hungry. It didn't say that they were starving, but they had begun to feel the first pangs 
of hunger. Now, if they had looked back, they would have seen that God delivered them from their Egyptian taskmasters, miraculously so. Remember, blood on the doorpost, the angel of the Lord passing over them, leading them out, the Egyptian army overwhelmed as the Red Sea parted for the Hebrew children but collapsed upon the mightiest army in the world. The bitter waters of Marah were turned into sweet pools of refreshment. But now, once again, at a new point on their journey, yet again, they are murmuring. And so Moses responds to the murmuring by saying that you are not murmuring against me. You're murmuring against God. Now today we're going to look at what murmuring really is, what it produces, and how God responds. But murmuring as we see it in this text and in many other texts, particularly in Numbers, and also in the New Testament where murmuring and grumbling of Israel is picked up as an illustration for the murmuring and grumbling of Christians in the churches of the New Testament, we begin to see that that murmuring is a common and tragic malady among God's children that has enormous consequences, consequences with a magnitude of which can poison the person and infect the family and even become a pandemic spreading to an entire church, even to an entire region, so that churches can be killed. I'm not saying you're losing your salvation, but I'm saying the work of God can be impeded because of murmuring. And your own witness as a believer can be hurt because of grumbling. And we can differentiate when we begin to ask the question, well, what is murmuring? Well, from the text, murmuring is not just saying, well, I've got a backache today. Uh, It's not just uh, maybe complaining about this, that, or the other. It is a direct assault upon the providence of God. Now, it can manifest itself and constantly referring to why did God allow my back to be like this? Now, you don't hear that in my spirit. You just hear me say, yeah, my back is hurting today. But inside, it could be that the, the, the initial murmuring and complaining has metastasized in my spirit and is now producing legions all over my soul in which I am now questioning the sovereignty of God about my back problems. 
Now that becomes murmuring. That's not just complaining. It's grumbling before God. As Moses put it, it's against God. It's not against, not against me. That is murmuring. And murmuring can, can kill the work of the Lord. My wife and I had come out of our first church plant, or excuse me, I'd come out of seminary and we were into our first church plant. We planted two churches in 10 years with uh, our missions agency, Mission to North America. And the first one was in Overland Park, Kansas. And it's a, a beautiful church there now with uh, 20 acres, K through 12 school, and a, a vibrant church, wonderful elders and deacons and women in the church and a, a fine pastor with a growing pastoral staff and very, but I remember the first three or four months and Easter came in those first three or four months of our time together and I had uh, invested in my wife's new Easter dress and uh, even though I probably didn't have the money to really afford it, but, uh, the, you know, the first lady of the church, even though there wasn't a church, should have uh, the nicest thing I could get her. And, uh, but on the first day of the church, the little core group that I had gathered together didn't show up on time. So there I was packing the pulpit uh, like some Huguenot from the 17th century on my back, setting it up, setting up the communion table, uh, setting everything else up. And, and the moment when I saw my wife setting up the crib and all of the nursery things, and she's got, she smudged something on that dress, it got me. And when they finally came in, I hid this nugget of murmuring in my spirit. And I smiled and said, Good morning, it's good to see you, core group. <laughs> and there was, a, there was something in, in the church uh, after that that, that that was stopping the growth of the church. And a no-nonsense colleague, I'll not call him a friend of mine, but in retrospect he was, came to me and after observing things, he, our church and the new church development came to me and, and he, he questioned me about my spirit. And he wanted to know if this church plant was about the kingdom of God or if it was about me. Well, I was absolutely livid. And I said, I brought him to the airport as quickly as I could to get rid of him. But here's what I came to think about in that prophetic moment when I was called down. The commitment of the congregation or the core group was not able to equal, not able to express itself 
because there was not an equal pastoral love commitment to them. That took about three or four, five weeks of prayer. And then another three or four or five weeks of prayer to repent. And do you know what? The church began to grow. And the lesson is that murmuring can stop the forward movement of God in churches, yes, but also the advance of the gospel in our own lives. Complaining, murmuring against God's sovereignty can actually stop discipleship in our lives. There's something else. Murmuring is, is, is a rebellion against God's providence and his sovereignty, but, but murmuring has some, some very hard consequences of uh, lack of destroying unity, as we've seen. It destroys mission, as we've seen. But it, it does something else. It creates mutiny. It creates a, a sense of lawlessness. It creates a sense of uh, we're not going to take this anymore. Which is what Israel said here and in several other places in the wilderness. And of course we know that ultimately uh, they were punished severely for that response. Moses himself was guilty of murmuring. The murmuring of the congregation infected the leader, and the leader himself uh, began to murder and, um, excuse me, to murmur. And he disobeyed God, and he also did not go into the promised land. So the effect is, as I've said, pandemic. It creates Mutiny, the mutiny of the people against their authority, the mutiny of us against the authority God has placed over us. We murmur, and pretty soon there is lawlessness in our households, lawlessness in our relationship in the church. We no longer respect the offices in the church, the pastor or the, the uh, governance of our church, or we no longer respect the governance of our community, of our, the civic governance. Ultimately, though, all of these, uh, the Bible says in Romans 13, are what? They're ministers of God doing His will. You may not like them, but they give us a, an umbrella of order so that the gospel can go forward. So ultimately, the mutiny turns to God. And we will not have this man to rule over us. And we will not have God to rule over us. And that leads to catastrophe in a nation or in a home or in a life. Well, what's the response of God to murmuring and grumbling? Well, as you saw clearly in the text, God, through 
a javelin-like lightning bolt that destroyed Israel. You saw that, right? Or you missed it? No, it wasn't there. God blessed them. He meets their murmuring and their grumbling by saying, essentially, actually, I was going to feed you. And I'm still going to feed you. Now, now think about this for one moment. Do you, does anybody here really believe that God would do something to leave Israel or destroy Israel, the, which is going to bring forth a nation, which will bring forth a Messiah who will bless the world and all the Gentiles like you and me? all of creation, so that they will all be gathered together in uh, the great marriage supper in the, of the Lamb in a new heaven and a new earth. Do you think that God, will cause, that God will respond to the murmuring of Israel because they're hungry, their pedantic, childlike, parochial grumbling by sending a lightning bolt and destroying them or taking away their salvation? He doesn't. He responds by saying, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to give you meat in the evening, and I'm going to give you bread in the morning. Now that brings us to where we're going this morning in the table. On the cross... God in the flesh was stapled to a cross made out of a tree that he had created. He was cursed and crucified by people that he had made. There was never so much a murmur in all of history as the collective murmur that went out that week and that day, crucify him. And yet God in the flesh, in that moment of deicide, man killing God, looks down upon his creation and says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I wonder, do you think that was a throwaway line in the Passion Play? Or have you ever pondered the depth of forgiveness being extended from Almighty God on a tree, on a hill, the object of your mutiny and mine, whispering to his father in his dying words forgive them 
No, it's not a throwaway line. And the response of God in Exodus chapter 16 was bread, meat. And the response to you today is bread. He said, I am the bread of life. And the response to you is meat. The meat of his word, which gives instruction, but yea, even more, even more mystical, mysterious, and yet we must say it, and it baffled the ones who heard it. Take and eat my flesh. Whoever does so will live forever. God providing bread and meat. Now, the response of the one who eats and recognizes the gift is gratitude. And gratitude is the ultimate arch enemy of murmuring. Gratitude destroys the power of grumbling. It sucks out all the potency and the poison of murmuring and replaces it with gratefulness. What is your response to him today? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to fall down upon every man and woman and boy and girl here, that we may be gathered together unto yourself, some for healing of broken spirits, some for healing of the sin of murmuring, others of us to discover the bounty of blessing to bring about gratitude in our lives so that it may kill the poison of residual sin within us that expresses itself in murmuring, including the one who prays, especially the one who prays, and grant the pall, the cloak of righteousness and holiness now to descend upon this assembly as we come to thy table. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand as we prepare our hearts and our minds?